Perhaps like me, you watched the President of the United States address the nation yesterday afternoon. It was certainly one of those moments where it was expected and necessary that he do so. Hours before his address, suicide bombers in Kabul killed at least 60 Afghan civilians and 13 U.S. troops. Sadly, it is likely that this is just the first of such attacks that will come as a result of the U.S. exodus from Afghanistan after 20 years of United States military engagement in country. Shortly after the explosion, ISIS claimed responsibility for the attack, and all eyes were on Washington, D.C., on the president for his response. Once again, we are a divided people, as it stands on another divisive topic. Over the last 17 months, we've been divided on issues of politics, COVID, shutdowns, masks, social distancing, vaccines, therapeutics, law enforcement, race relations, elections, in my state, recalls, and now involvement and withdrawal from Afghanistan is near the top of the list of things that we are divided on. Say what you will about the president and the current administration. This certainly is not about your views on the current government. I think you would probably agree with me, though, when I say I don't envy the position of the president at this moment, or really at any moment when he must address the nation under strenuous circumstances. Leading even a small organization or team can be challenging. I know this well from the work that I do. I can't imagine standing in the position of leading a nation, especially one as significant and as powerful as the United States. It is not my typical MO to talk about politics, at least not a lot. I'm a pastor, a Bible teacher, a student of theology and philosophy, not a political pundit. That's not to say that I don't have opinions about these things. Everyone has opinions, and social media, like this here at YouTube, has given everyone a much bigger platform to sound off about their opinions and then obliterate one another over the opinions that we disagree with. So I don't often venture into discussion of politics because it is nearly impossible to say anything constructive or to say anything that will not be deconstructed by every single person that hears what you have to say. I learned long ago that there is a huge gap between what a speaker intends to say and how those words are heard and interpreted by the hearers. But in the president's address, he ventured into my territory when he said this. Those who have served through the ages have drawn inspiration from the book of Isaiah. When the Lord says, whom shall I send? Who shall go for us? American military has been answering for a long time. Here I am, Lord, send me. Here I am, send me. So being that he stepped into my court, I felt that I wanted to deviate from my planned episode in Ephesians chapter 3 to give some thoughts, some context. Thoughts from a pastor. If you're not angered by the events taking place in Afghanistan over the last few weeks, you're probably not paying attention. Anger is a proper response to injustice. Anger, in and of itself, is not sin. The Apostle Paul, 
In fact, in Ephesians chapter 4, he wrote, Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. So it is possible to be angry and to not be in sin. It's possible, but it is difficult. I'm angry by the happenings in Afghanistan. But if I'm honest, I would have to say that I've not been paying attention to the happenings in Afghanistan for a very long time. You probably haven't been either. There have been a lot of injustices there that have flown under the radar. There are innumerable injustices all around the world which get zero airtime on ABC, CBS, NBC, CNN, Fox News, the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, and so on. Those things that go unreported by the news are unseen by us, and yet they anger and grieve God. And that brings me to Isaiah chapter 6. The president invoked the prophet, a prophet I feel I know fairly well. In fact, I don't feel it arrogant at all to say that I know Isaiah quite well, far, far better than the president. I've taught the book of Isaiah at a college level and within the church no less than five times. I've probably spent more time studying and teaching through the book of Isaiah than any other book of the Bible. I've studied and taught it a lot. And Isaiah 6 is an interesting passage. It begins with a fascinating introduction, one that you could easily skim over. It opens with the words, in the year King Uzziah died. Those seven words are easy to overlook, but the story behind them is really important. King Uzziah died as an old, disgraced king. He had disobeyed God 15 years before his death, and he lived for the last decade and a half of his life in shame as he was stricken with leprosy for his disobedience. After his death, somewhere between about the year 740 to 730 BC, the earthly throne in Jerusalem was vacant. There are times in a nation's history where the throne of power feels empty. Such times can bring instability and feelings of great chaos. And Israel at the time of Uzziah's death was a chaotic scene, a nation destabilized by sin and scandal, a nation ready for judgment. And that's when Isaiah had a vision and received a commission from God. In the year that King Uzziah died, Isaiah says, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lifted up. The throne in Jerusalem was vacant, but the true throne of power was not. Isaiah saw a vision of the holy, holy, holy God, and the holy God called, saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Those are the words that the president, I believe, carelessly and rather agnostically invoked. They were not words spoken to a nation or a king or a military. They were words spoken to a prophet. And Isaiah responded, Here I am send me. But unto what task was the prophet dispatched by God? This is the key. This is the important thing that I think that we should consider at this cultural moment in our nation. If you read Isaiah 6 verses 9 through 13 carefully, you will see that the prophet was sent to speak woe and judgment upon a sinful nation, his own nation, a 
nation that would soon experience the judging rod of war at the hands of the Assyrians. I'm not a fan of people invoking scripture when they have no understanding of what it means, especially when they are using it wholly out of context, which is normally how it is used when people use a passage that they don't really know. But I think at this moment, I'm glad that the president did so because there is a deeper message in Isaiah 6 that I think we would do well to consider. Essentially, God's message and mission for Isaiah was that he was to go to the people with a message of repentance, but they were not going to listen to his message. God forewarned Isaiah. He said, their ears are going to be shut to you and their eyes are going to be closed and their hearts are going to be cold. And Isaiah, when he hears this from God, he says, how long do I have to go on this mission with this message? And God's answer was, you're going to do it until their cities lie in ruin and their houses are deserted and their land is desolate and the people are exiled. A heavy message. And the only hopeful word in the passage was God's final word in the last verse of chapter 6, verse 13, where he basically says, although all of this is going to happen, a remnant will return. Something to think about. We'll see you next time. Thank you.